Hello and welcome back to the PAL with Tani G. I'm your host, Tani G. Questions, comments, suggestions are always welcome at MaximumTEE at Yahoo.com. Pirkei Treasury, Season 2 of the PAL, 417. Dalid Yudzayin, let's talk about the three crowns. Rabbi Shimon Omer, Rabbi Shimon says, Shalosha Kesarim Haim, there are three crowns. Keser Torah, the crown of Torah. Vekeser Kahuna, the crown of priesthood. Vekeser Malchus, and the crown of kingship. Vekeser Shem Tov, but the crown of a good name. Ola Al-Gabayim surpasses all of them. A good name cannot have anything better than it. It is the top. Rabbi Shimon says, C34 for biographical details about Shimon Bar Yochai. So C34 earlier if you want to learn other details about him. The three crowns. One must honor the three crowns of Torah, priesthood, and kingship by showing respect to those who wear them from Rav. According to Rav Yon et al., this refers to the three types of elevated status which Jews may achieve. Rambam adds that these three crowns were given to the Jewish people at Mount Sinai. Rashi notes that the three crowns do not indicate the same degree of greatness. One who is not a descendant of Aaron cannot aspire to Kahuna, a priesthood, nor can anyone but a member of the Davidic house legitimately seek to be a king. However, the crown of Torah is the greatest since it is open to anyone who is ready to toil for it. Even though one could count the items enumerated in the Mishnah, the number three is spelled out so that one not make the mistake that a good name is a fourth crown in the same categories as the others, that crown is in a class by itself from Rav Moshe Alshakar. The crown of Torah, Rav cites the verse, you shall honor the presence of a sages, indicating from Leviticus that one must honor scholars who bear the crown of Torah. Extraker, the Baramatas Yoho Hayitz Hari interprets Mishnah 16 as a warning to Torah scholars to recognize that people scrutinize their actions and learn from them. Torah scholars must therefore take extra precaution to do nothing, even advertently, from which the masses can learn wrongly. While a scholar's personal transgression may be accidental, he bears full blame for the transgressions with other, which others will have learned from them. It's important to realize this from the last Mishnah, because the crown of Torah is a big crown, and people look to sages and, and try to realize the wonderful royalty that emanates from the Torah itself. So we have to make sure that we do the right thing so people learn from us in the right way. Rambam defines the all-encompassing and exclusive commitment to Torah study necessary for one to merit the crown of Torah, one whose heart has elevated him to fulfill properly the command to study Torah and to want to be crowned with the crown of Torah. Let him not shift his focus to any other pursuits. Let him not entertain the focus to anything else and let him not think that he can acquire Torah along with wealth and honor from Hilchos Talmud Torah. He also states, one who wants to merit the crown of Torah should not lose even one of his nights to sleep, food, drink, idle talk, or the like. He should be involved only in Torah study and wisdom. Tferes Yisrael defines the crown of Torah as the assumption of a position as a rabbinic judge, communal rabbi, or Torah teacher. Priesthood, the crown of priesthood. Priesthood carries certain privileges. These include the right to be the first to dress an assemblage, the right to recite the blessing first in a meal, be it the blessing on the bread in the absence of the master of the house, see Ramah or Chaim, or the right to lead the grace after meal, see or Chaim, and the right to read first from the Torah scroll in the synagogue. These privileges are derived from the biblical verse, you shall sanctify the Kohen, for he offers the food of your God, and he shall be holy to you. From Leviticus, this last phrase teaches that the Kohen sanctity places him first in every respect, not only in matters of ritual. Crown of kingship, the Torah teaches you shall surely set over yourself a king whom Hashem your God shall choose from Deuteronomy. The sages in Kesuvus interpret this to mean that the nation must fear and revere its king. Speaking of two of the most tragic incidents that occurred after Israel arrived in the Holy Land, the grave in 
image of Micha and Judges, and the atrocity of the concubine of Gibba, also from Judges, Scripture states that they were possible only because there was no king in Israel. A righteous king who provided leadership and discipline would never have permitted such outrageous things to take place. Rambam delineates their prohibitions associated with reverence for a king one may not ride on his horse, sit on his throne, make use of his royal scepter, crown, or any of his clothes upon his death. They are all burned in the presence of his corpse. Let's go at the bottom. Conduit of Prosperity Ramban explains the process of this miracle of prosperity. He writes that from the time God brought the universe into existence from vacuum, he has not created anything from absolute nothingness. Instead, when he wishes to bring about a miraculous increase, he causes it to flow from something that is already in existence. We find this by Elisha, who caused a single jug of oil to produce an unceasing flow for as long as there were empty jugs to be filled. That's from Kings 1. So it was with the table. By virtue of the bread that was placed on it weekly, prosperity followed and flowed to the entire nation. In another more immediate manifestation of the miracle, the Talmud teaches that a coin who ate even a tiny piece of the previous week's showbread from the table would be fully satisfied. In the expression of the sages, it became blessed in his innards. And the other bottom page, power of a good name, of Shimbar Yochai himself stated in the Midrash, a good name is more precious than the Holy Ark, while the Holy Ark went only three days distance before the Israelites in the wilderness. A man's good name precedes him all over the world, from Kohelas Rabbah. Legitimately yours, Al-Shachamaletli explains the words of Jeremiah in this vein, let not the wise man laud himself with the wisdom, and let the, not the strong man laud himself with the strength, and let not the rich man laud himself with his wealth. Only with this may one laud himself discernment in knowing me, for I am God who does kindness, justice, and righteousness in the land, for in these is my desire. My man may not laud himself for his wisdom, strength, or wealth, for these are gifts with which God imbues him, for in these I desire to grant to man, only for his fear of God and his following in the godly path, areas where man is granted free choice so that he acquired them through his own efforts does one have a right to be proud. The three crowns correspond to the three things on which the world stands, Torah, temple service, and acts of kindness. The Torah corresponds to the crown of Torah. Temple service corresponds to the crown of priesthood. Act of kindness corresponds to the crown of royalty because wealth, here symbolized by royalty, enables one to be generous to others. It also refers to the kings of Israel themselves who are characterized by kindness from Aganavos. The crown of a good name surpasses... All of them, the crown, adorns someone whose deeds earn him the respect and affection of his fellows. Even scholars, priests, and kings are lacking if they fail to earn this crown. The crown of a good name is superior even to the crown of Torah, for if a scholar behaves in an uncouth manner, he causes people to despise him. As the Talmud of Moen teaches, if a teacher is like an angel of the Lord of hosts, then seek Torah from his mouth. But if his relationship with human beings is bad... He is guilty of profaning the name of God, God forbid, and if he is guilty of misconduct, he is worse than an ignorant poor. The crown of a good name is also superior to kingship, because the Talmud explains in Baba Basra, it says, You shall not curse a leader among your people, and Exodus is forbidden to curse him. Only if he is among your people, when he acts as a proper Jew, the righteous kings of Israel were praised only for doing God's will. The wicked ones were disgraced only for doing that which he considers evil. Crown of good name is superior to the crown of priesthood. We are told in the Talmud that a certain Kohen Gadol and Yoma had insulted the sages Shema enough time because they were descendants of proselytes. They retorted, Let welcome be extended to descendants of heathens who act the way Aaron acted, and let there be no welcome to the descendants of Aaron who do not act as Aaron acted from Magan Avas and Rav. All the crowns require the crown of a good name along with them, and a good name is dependent upon the crown of Torah. For what gives man a good name if not the study of Torah and the practice of its commandments from Rav Yonah and Rambam? If one does not acquire a good 
good name. Everyone despises him. Thus, whatever crown he may have had is useless. From Machzor Big Shemeshi offers an enlightening insight. The first three crowns are gifts. Wisdom and intelligence are God-given. Priesthood is a familial inheritance. Even the wealth associated with kingship is the result of a heavenly decree. It is only a good name which man earns for himself through his good deeds and pleasant personality that is truly his. For this reason, it is greater than all the other crowns. Try what you can, as much as you can, every time you can, to have the good name. Those deeds and that name goes with you and it's carry on into the next world and you leave behind a good name. You leave behind a legacy of doing good. That is what stays with you as well. So do what you can to make sure that happens. Join us next time as we talk about exiling yourself to a place of Torah here on the PAL with Tani G. And I'm your host, Tani G.